Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Around the World in 80 Cigars, the podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're back. Uh, the sun is shining, although it's quite nippy. You can probably hear the sparrows outside my window. You might hear the man over the road mowing his lawn. And you might hear the dog running around the garden. It's one of those things. We are in lockdown, so what you hear is what you get. Uh, today's guest is a good friend and someone you probably know very well. He's, uh, he's the more come to my wise in the Souter video reviews that are hugely popular around the world. Um, and you normally see us two sitting down and having a smoke and a chat about everything, including cigars, but everything from cricket to dinosaurs and everything in between. Good, mor good morning to Lawrence Davis. How bad is it when you can't even catch a game of cricket? Oh, I'm so... It's the sport that's really getting me, to be honest, because that's the thing that you... At the end of your day, when you finished your work, it's the thing you really look forward to, and there's just nothing. What really disappoints me is that I'm not even getting paid a fee to star in Groundhog Day. <laughs> no, very true. No, there's not many people getting a fee at the moment. With, uh, uh, well, Bill Murray got paid, and we're not being paid. <laughs> well, you never know. One day, Lawrence, we might get a massive sponsor. He says, these guys are gold dust, and, and then we can live the life to which we've become accustomed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are, things, how are things with you? Yeah, they're, they're not too bad. We all live in hope. You're in lockdown at home in London. What have you been doing to keep busy? Well, I go into the shop every day. Right. Make sure all of my customers out there are uh, in the land of uh, in the land of uh, Salta uh, yeah. get their, their cigars. So I go in, I parcel up, I wrap either myself or Thomas who comes in as well. He's wrapping, and um, that's what we do. That, that's how we're, we're, we're looking after it. We're, we're Socially distancing ourselves, but we go in and we uh, we wrap to make sure everyone gets at least they can smoke. And everybody, um, so Lawrence and uh, uh, Reese and Mags and that they're all all in lockdown, are they? They're all at home. There's nine of them at home doing nothing. God, and there in isolation is the is the is the problem, isn't it? I mean, you've got to keep paying people and premises and lights and rates, no doubt. Meanwhile, oh, the rate, in, in fairness, uh, the rates have been cancelled by the government for this right. year. Right. Which is good because they are a hell of a lot of money. Uh, in Mount Street alone, they're over 70,000 grand. So, uh, for a year? God. For a year. Wow, that's so, amazing. That, that, that was very, very welcome. You're not the sort of chap to get down about these things. What's your sort of long-term view on it all? Do you think we're, we're getting on top of this terrible thing or are we just waiting for the worst to hit? Um, look, we're going to have 100,000 deaths in the UK. Jeez. Do you think that many? Yeah. Terrifying. It is. It's uh, it, it, it's a terribly worrying time for for all, and I think the only thing, the only good that's going to come out of it is that look, we're completely fucked up as a as a 
as a world at the moment with global warming and this, that and the other. And it may just give people a chance to reassess their lives. Yeah. All right, you know, we've stopped traveling everywhere. Do we really need, do we really need to travel as much as we do? Do well, we really, do we that, really that, need, do we really need to go to, um, to an office if you're a, a lawyer? Well, no, after, right. after three months of being at home, people will get used to home working. And it yeah. may be that, that someone upstairs has actually used this to rebalance the world. Yeah. I know that it sounds all a bit deep and meaningful for someone who's not really deep and meaningful. <laughs> all right. Well, I always appreciate your view on things because you tend to have a good view on things in general. But so, quite aside from the doom and gloom, what have you been smoking? Well, actually, as we speak, I'm about to light up Nick for the number of players for today. Okay. And what will that I, be? So, I've got in my hand a little E2. Uh, Bloody hell. A little rascal. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I started. I, start, I actually started, uh, I'm in practice for Good Friday. I don't know if you remember, we've got the uh, a Good Friday smoke with everybody. Yeah. Uh, we're all smoking Corona. So I thought I'd, I'd start every morning whilst we're in lockdown with a Monty Four. Ah, oh, I see. You're in pre-season training, are you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, is, that, is the first, that is the first person to understand my, my motto. <laughs> And do you, uh, so what time is you, uh, so let's see, it's 10 to 10 in the morning now. So you, your, your, um, your first uh, training as well. So I did my training from 6.30 to 7.30 in the gym. Excellent. All right. Um, and then after the, after the, out of the 11 stone that I've lost, the best thing I did was install a home gym. Really? Because I've, I've actually, the cost of, of, of building it, has almost been surpassed by the savings on my gym membership <laughs> uh, just during this lockdown period. So I've got uh, three. Fair months. enough, mate. And um, so once that's done, you fire up your Monty Four, do you? We'll have a shower first because, yeah. uh, you know, although I'm a, new, I'm, I'm a new man, a bit silver, I'm still, uh, <laughs> I can still get a, a little sweat going. <laughs> And what happens, what comes after the Monty Four then? A bit of breakfast, to be honest. Yeah. And then I go into an open eagle. And then it's your open eagle, and now you're firing into an E2. That's heavy duty, man. That's progression, isn't it, really? <laughs> yes, it, it, it's definitely that. So, apart, so you're sort of trying to keep things ticking over in your various businesses. Um, how are you finding being stuck indoors? Uh, I'm trying it very, 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 very difficult. Very what? Very difficult. Yeah. You know, I'm not used to. I think that's the problem. I mean, no, I'm not you know, we're all used to going off and seeing people and, you know, bringing a bit of difference into our day. You know, the re reason I do what I do is because I couldn't stand sitting at a desk doing the same thing all day and suddenly... Um, that's what I'm doing, and I'm finding it very, very strange. Now I'm sitting here opening post. Most I thought you were. I 
and I'm doing accounts work. I mean, well, uh, and what am I doing? I'm opening, opening the invoices, taking a picture of them, sending them to our accounts girl. Right. So she can take it. God. It's very difficult. You've it's come to this. <laughs> yeah, but you know, single invoices and single, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's tough, and um, and you know, you think we've only been in lockdown a week or two. There's a long way to go. Which is day eleven for me. Is it? Oh, well done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm around the same, something like that. But we, you know, we're doing we're, we're busy at the shop. We're getting a lot of mail order requests. You know, we've got this special on the Monty Four for for this uh, smoking period. Yeah, well, let's talk about the um, <clears throat> the big Corona smoke up. We had sort of came up with that idea when we were doing the doing the, um, the well, we just, videos. We, we've just got to uh, move on from just being morbid. All right, yeah. you read, you, you, you look at the news, but we, we, we unfortunately and, and, and tragically lost 563 people yesterday. Well, today it's likely to be more, and tomorrow yeah. it will be more, and it's going to carry on being more and more and more, and um, until we reach what they call the top of the curve. Yes. So with all of that absolute doom and gloom, uh, I just thought we should all fire up a cigar together and, uh, and have a big smoke. So I basically took our cost price for them, and I'm not making any profit on it. So I don't want to profit from this. The whole point of this is that uh, you know we're in a situation, and. Uh, We've got to get on with it, and we're getting on with it. I think it's, it's quite interesting, because you're, you're right. Every time I sort of make the mistake of catching up with the news, and then you've got to sort of get sucked in, and you look at this, and you look at that, and I come away feeling, Christ, you know, the end of the world is nigh. And all, but also, you don't want to completely trivialise it and just forget about the rest of the world and carry on as normal. But it's important to keep your spirits up, isn't it? It is, uh, and, and it's also important to socially interact with that, with whilst keeping social distancing. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that you know, it may you know you may see someone you haven't seen on or, or heard of uh, for a long time, and you might think, right, I'm going to take this opportunity to privately get in touch with them and have a FaceTime or a, or a, a Zoom or a Skype or whatever type of, uh, of uh, social media that we can get to, yeah. to, together on this. And that might give them a little bit of uh, fun because, you know, there's only so many box sets that you can watch on the sky. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, we've started having a little catch-up in the week on the, on the old... Uh, <clears throat> you know, Zoom or whatever, as you say, and my mum's alone on her own, which is tough, And but we've started a, a weekly quiz night, so we all get together and one of us does a quiz and we all sit and have a drink and do a quick quiz, and uh, like a pub quiz, you know, and you just got to keep it, keep yourselves ticking over, haven't you? Now, have you got many mates in the village? Yeah, a few, yeah. 
Well, I know of two. <laughs> How do you know two? My mum and my wife? No, no, I know of two, but there's two people in the village. I've ordered cigars. I've ordered cigars. Ah, uh, well, one will be my pal Adrian, who's the butcher. And I'll tell you exactly who they are. And the other one, I imagine, will be Andy, who's, um, who's in my sort of Monday night beer and cheese drinking gathering at the club. Andy Elliot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and um, Adrian, I can't remember Adrian's second name, but he's a, a big well, fan well, of, the, of the videos and he said, I'm going I'm to come and join. He's finishing work at two o'clock that day and he's going to, or just before, and he's going to come down and, and join in. I'm just looking. Yeah, I can't think of his second name, Adi. Well, there's a shout out to you, Adi. Doing a grand job, keeping your butchers open, keeping the old deers. He's been delivering to the old folk in the village. And how can I? Can he post some um, some food to me? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. All right, because I like to. I'd rather give him business, all right, than Sainsbury's, who's going to make me queue for a mile and a half. Yeah, he does wonderful fresh fruit and veg. Um, he does dairy. And obviously, has a fantastic selection of of meat and stuff. That's uh, Tompkins Butchers, and uh, yeah, I'll have a word with him if you let me know what sort of what you're after, mate. I'm sure Adrian can sort you out. Has he got a list of what he's got meat wise at any one time? I'll have a chat with him. And I think he can pretty much get you whatever you fancy. He um, he got for me for my birthday some fantastic T-bone steaks. I'd just like to give them a chance, you know, to... Yeah, to, support local business. No, that's a great idea. You know, because they're the, they're the people that need the most help at the moment, local businesses. Yeah, and he's doing a fabulous job. I mean, he's keeping the village going, while, so, and also he's keeping people off, you know, out of supermarkets. And, you know, we stand outside, and there's one in the shop at a time. There's, um, you know, there's hand soap, uh, you know, as you go in. And so he looks after the old deers. They all go in first. And we all wait sort of, you know, two, two metres apart. And then you pop in, get your, your, your shopping, and you're done. You don't have to go off and join the throng at Tesco. So actually, he's fulfilling a vital community service. Wouldn't it be better off to do appointments? I suppose you could do that. I mean, to be honest, it all went a bit crazy at first, but now everyone's calmed down and people are a bit more sensible. It's actually, you know, there's only one or two of us waiting to get in because he's open pretty much all day, every day, apart from Sunday at the moment. So, so I'm in a very wonderful position with toilet rolls. <laughs> you got a good stock, have you? Well, I, 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 I have a lot of toilet rolls because I buy them um, to keep the shops uh, so I keep them at home and then deliver them to the shops right and we go through a hell of a lot yeah in the shops so you've got the good stock um, I've got great stock <laughs> you're reading your post as well aren't you I can tell no, I'm just looking for the other guy's name. Oh, okay. I, I can't find it. It's, um, 
Uh, so you recognise that you recognise the address then? Yeah, hang on. I mean, there's not many. <laughs> that's just a sneeze, science. That's not corona. You're not going to catch anything from that. It's not coming down the computer, so that's a blessing. Yes. Yeah, so how's the how's the smoke up going to work then? I don't really know. We're going to ask young David Fine. He's going to he's he's going to come here and do it and get everyone joined in. And we're going to have a run through on Mondays. Oh, okay. Well, give me a yell just to let me know so I know how to pitch up and appear. But well, yeah, not there, not I, people joining in. I, I've spoken to plenty of people who said they're going to pitch in and join. But you're not likely to be going out. Very true. So I'm keeping myself busy with a bit of this podcast stuff. I've interviewed a few interesting folks. Um, who have you interviewed? I mean. Well, I've got. Um, I had a long chat with uh, dear Jimmy McGee yesterday. Oh, I love that man. He is <laughs> and he's interesting. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Really? You, you can chat to Jim for ages and we just had a chin wag and next thing you know, an hour had gone past and uh, oh, it was lovely to hear from him and he's at home just sort of fighting the good fight. And I've lined up uh, interviews with what's other it, What's he doing? What's he doing? How's he been? Yeah, but what's he doing? Is he working from home? Uh, yeah, he's working totally from home. He had a few bits sent over. He's got his laptop and they're just trying to keep things ticking along. You know, they're still supplying, you know, everybody who needs supplying. Um, obviously, a lot of places will have closed, but they're still doing sort of news agents and off licenses and, and the mail I'm, orders. I'm, I'm actually at home waiting a delivery to send out some uh, White Churchills and some... Uh, oh, Nice. And some Monty, uh, Monty number ones. Well, it's, it's just little bits, but it's keeping it ticking over, isn't it? Yeah. So we're going to set up this thing on the 2pm on the Easter Friday, Good Friday, and we're all just going to sit and have a chat. Is that the basic idea? Chat and talk about how the world is treating us during this coronavirus. You know, it's, there's not much more that we can really... You know, you, it's the only kind of formal interaction that we're going to be able to get or do. So yes, and maybe you know, you know what? Hopefully, when um, when this dust has settled, we can actually have a proper gathering and have a massive smoke out. Yeah, I think what we'll do is um, we'll probably go if, if everyone would like to. We'll probably invite everybody for a smoke up at uh, Holland and Holland. Uh, that's a great idea, yeah. And we can uh, all spill out to the outside, can't we? And You know, because by that time, hopefully it will be summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, hopefully it won't be summer. It'll be next <laughs> week. But I, I yes, but hopefully it will still be summer. I hope it will still be summer and we can go outside and, and, uh, and, and, and sort of talk around a campfire type thing. That would be a lovely thing to look forward to, yeah. We can shoot a little video, can't we, and just get everyone involved. We should just have some fun. Oh, man, it seems like a long way away at the moment. Well, we, we had a lot of fun two weeks ago, didn't we, shooting those videos? We really did. And it was grand that we managed to fire in so many, because as it turned out, that was the last day out of the house sort of thing, wasn't it, really? Yeah. You were lucky. I was. Yeah, it, it worked out well. Well, you, you, were, you were lucky because uh, 
you know, there's not many uh, adventures, are there? No, and that's part of the thing I'm missing. I mean, you're right what you say. There's traveling. I know we often talk about wonderful places that we've been to around the world, and you know, my book in particular talks a lot about adventures all over the place. And you're no, right. I was talking about more of our day to day, right? Mundane traveling that, that people do every day. Yeah. If yeah. you're a lawyer and you live in Crawley, you spend two and a half hours to three hours a day yeah. going from your house to your office. All right using carbon footprint up, and maybe what's going to come out of this is that you won't now. So you're actually, you, 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 you've got all of these new mod technological um, cons that you can actually um, do everything you possibly need. And everything you possibly want from the stroke of a, a computer. Yeah, it's right, isn't it? And also, you know, Jimmy said yesterday, he said, I'm saving £500 a month just on my travel costs. Well, and I know that, you know, if I went into London every day from where I am, which a lot of people do, you're talking about, you know, best part of a thousand quid, you know, ludicrous amounts of money to, 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 um, to get on the train. Well, if we started to save all of that and stop, as you say, the carbon footprint, that would be a, a step in the right direction at least. Not saying for everybody. No. But if, if people decided to work from home in certain professions, right, three days a week. Yeah. That would, you know, so we could learn a huge difference. A huge True. difference. Yeah. And there really is no reason why more people can't do it. And I've always maintained that, you know, four good hours at home is worth eight good hours at work. So. Um, <clears throat> certainly for me anyway I always get a lot more done if I'm focused and getting on with it rather than chatting to the chap next to me or going to the water cooler or doing it, whatever else it is you do when you're stuck in an office yeah and look at me you know I mean I don't know whether people will be saving money um, during this period I think they're going to find it um probably a financially very, very difficult time. No doubt about it. I mean, I'm, I furloughed all my staff. I'm paying them 100% in full. I don't know whether I'm going to be reimbursed everything. But what are they going to do? Yes. I've, I've even gone further, Nick, and I've, thought, I've, I've written a, an email to say that whatever you need, even, uh, even if it's not payday, just call me. Well, that's wonderful. And it's a good job some, some people are doing that because there are plenty of those that just uh, just send you a bill and say, I don't care why you can't pay it, you just got to pay it. And unless people, everyone takes a bit of responsibility, the whole thing doesn't work, does it? Yeah, except some people will be completely utterly wiped out. And the, which is a terrible thing. And that is where I... You know, I feel absolutely gutted for them. Right? Yeah. Because, hey, they've worked all their lives. They've built up a business. Yeah. And now they're going to be wiped out. It, it, it's horrendous. It is terrible. And it must be soul destroying to, to watch everything you work for just fall away through no fault of your own. I mean, when you think of some of the small, you know, tight ships, like the little 
you know, boutique restaurants or pop-ups and or you know, food stalls and things like that. They're just never, never going to equip to cope. Even restaurants, you know, I and mean, it's such a tough thing to deal with. Once you, you know, they work at such a margin, don't they? And once you just stop it, turning off the tap like that, there's almost no coming back, is there? Well, restaurants I don't feel so bad for as I do for the poor guys in the fashion industry. Uh, restaurants, at least, you know, at least you're going to do something with your landlords. You can furlough your staff and you can just turn around and shut up shop. If you happen to be in the fashion business and you paid up front in, in, in many of these people's cases, I'm talking about the independents, not the big company. Right. Uh, and you've got all your deliveries in, which you would have had by, by the middle of March, or a substantial amount of them. Uh, and now you've got to pay them, otherwise they're going to sue you. And you can't even open the shop. No. Horrendous. You know, and, 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 you know, you may have been in that business forever. Yeah. It's just, it's just brutal. Heartbreaking, right. yeah. And it's hard for everybody in different ways. I mean, I'm a lone wolf and it's great that the government has said, you know, we will try and help self-employed or you know, directors or whatever, but it's not going to be till June. Well, that's a long way away for someone like me. Um, I'm in a reasonably fortunate position, but nevertheless, everyone's got their worries, don't they? Yeah. And you're firing up that cigar, I can hear you. Yeah, I'm having a great puff. Are you chomping? Oh, I always chomp. <laughs> and it's a very, very nice eat too. Oh. Bit of dark, quite <clears throat> I don't need to say much more, do I? Oh, I love an eater. You're getting the, the gist. Tell, tell people are interested. Let's talk about, let's talk about more interesting things. Exactly, and yeah. The morbidity of, because uh, uh, everyone's feeling it, let's get out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People are interested to know, I think, about your background. Can you tell us your first cigar experiences, first proper cigar? Your dad was a cigar guy, was he? My grandfather. Right. Okay. My grandfather was a prolific smoker of Monte Cristo number twos. Right. And there was never anywhere in the house where you wouldn't see the Monte Cristo brand. Really? My grandfather lived with us. In London? In London. We were very, very close families. My right. grandparents, uh, my two sisters, and uh, my mum and dad. So you grew up everywhere you went. There was that lingering smell. Your granddad had a cigar in his mouth most of the time. Yeah. Amazing. And that's how you sort of got it by osmosis, did you? It's, it was in my blood from that from that time onwards. And when did you first try a decent cigar? Pardon. Twenty-one. Okay. I did a deal with my parents and my grandparents that paid me a thousand pounds in those days. It was a lot of money. Yeah. Not to smoke so I was 21. Ah, okay. And uh, so I did it on my 21st birthday. In the morning, my grandfather and I had a Monte Cristo number two. Oh, how amazing. I bet you can still remember that, can't you? Yeah. And what did you think to start with? Um, I remember that the taste was better than the smell. Right. 
I mean, that's a hell of a stick. I mean, back then, they probably would have been stronger as well to start off with. Yeah. I didn't know any better. <laughs> I bet your granddad thought that was a fantastic sit down and have a cigar with you. Yeah, we loved it. And that was the beginning, was it? That was the slippery slope that I got myself onto. How did you come across Sauter? I was a customer in Sauter um, for, oh, we must be talking 25 years. Oh, really? And about 15 years into that, I was speaking to Desmond one day, uh, and the way Desmond talks, yes, dear boy. Um, <laughs> and he said to me, he said, uh, why do you buy cigars every day? So I said, no, I'm collecting. I said, I'm driving you mad, because now I'm going to drive you mad every day. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a lot of that going on, isn't there, the old FaceTime? So you no, used to go and sit in Souter every day for a smoke, did you? Every day. Right. On those little leather, most uncomfortable chairs they used to have. <laughs> uh, they were like a little corner seat that was, oh, they were whole. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, I phoned Desmond every day for the next three years. I, and then one day he said, uh, okay, um, I'll sell. Out the blue? Completely not out of the blue. And at three o'clock that afternoon, I delivered him a banker's draft. No, really? And I, I'm Sartus. Bloody hell. So you were absolutely convinced you wanted that business? Oh, it was a Victor Kyan moment. <laughs> I like the race so much I bought the company. Just because you were so associated with it and you loved it and you wanted to keep it or you thought you could do good things with it? I just wanted to do something that I enjoyed. Right. You know, I've spent my life as a property developer amongst other things. And do, you, do I enjoy it? Not really. No, it's not. It's not thing that gets no, you I, mean, I enjoy the chase of doing deals, but, you know, do I enjoy the whole process? Do I enjoy the people I meet with? Yeah, I enjoy certain people I meet with. But, you know, I have a very, very dangerous um, and difficult life in the property industry because I'm always trying to chip my doors down in price. Right. I want to get as much as I can for the sale of the property or for rent. So it's an adversarial relationship with whoever you're with. Is it? Right. And in the cigar business, I've made some great friends. Yes, that's a good point. I never really thought of it like that. So are you a bit of a bastard then in the property world? No, I wouldn't, no. Say, that. I wouldn't say that. But I'm just saying that your whole, the tenure of the whole of your relationship and interaction yeah. is based on... on, on you know, trying Just to get looking after them. number one sort of thing. For you. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And then cigars couldn't be more different, could it? No, I mean the cigar is not a business. Alright? It's a pastime. Yeah. 
What's your favourite part of it? Smoking with <laughs> my friends on a, on a Saturday in the store when I've gone back. Yeah, you love that, don't you? I really love having that, those conversations with those people. And uh, especially the ones that come from far and wide. And again, those are people that you've known for donkey's years, half of them as well, aren't they? Yeah, some of them are new. <laughs> That's the whole beauty of the, the, the world that I'm in. Some of them are, are really new and I've you know, made good friends. You make incredibly good friends very quickly in yeah. yeah, it's true. Why? Because if you've got something, you've got a passion that you yeah. can share together. And I think there's a lot less sort of posturing in a way. You sort of reveal more of yourself more quickly, don't you? Because it, cause you, everyone's a bit like a kid in a sweet shop because you're having such fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, do you follow sports at all? Yeah. You're a football fan? Yeah, yeah. I'm a United fan, Man United. So you don't follow sport, though? <laughs> now, now. So if you meet a guy in a hotel in New Orleans or wherever the big smoke's going to be next year. Yeah. And he happens to be a, a Manchester United fan. You're already friends and into a conversation, aren't you? Yeah, true. Yeah. So if you've got the, the cigar guy who's now a friend and you're already into this conversation, you've got, you know, you've got something in common straight away. That's exactly what Jim said yesterday. He said, you know, if you go in a bar, whatever, sit at a terrace, light a cigar, and there's a guy nearby smoking a cigar, it's almost guaranteed that you will start chatting to each other. And, you know, and that is the beauty of it. The amount of people that come up to me when well, I've got a cigar, because I've always got one in my mouth or my mouth. I, and, you know, the conversation that they, that they want to have um, is how do you like that? But, you know, people that don't know me. I mean, obviously, a lot of people come up to me because they do know me from, uh, from our exports on, uh, <laughs> on our YouTube channel together. Yeah. I, you know, and that's quite a lot. You know, the cigar community is not that huge, and no, exactly, nearly two million hits now. So, uh, wow. Well, let's talk a bit about that. I mean, it's uh, again similarly when I go on my travels now, it's almost inevitable that someone comes up and says, "Hey, you're Nick from Souter. How's Lawrence?" And uh, you know, and off we go. It's a quite an amazing thing how that touches people around the world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It, it's. I don't know why uh, it's caught on so well. No, I don't really. And I mean, it's extraordinary. It sort of takes that relationship that we've just been discussing to another level. Like Tom, for example, in Chicago is is a guy that just got in touch with us, and he's a firefighter and he loves his cigars. He doesn't get many Cubans, so those that he does, he covets. And we just got in touch and I replied to him as I would to anyone. And, you know, we sort of kept in touch. And then the next thing you know, Christmas comes around and there's a little parcel in the post. And it's um, just a little something for me and, the, and my wife and the kids. And it's come from Chicago, from this guy I've never met. Um, you, feel, you feel you know him, actually. I feel I know Tom. 
Absolutely. I really do. And he, and he now texts me about stuff going on in his life and you don't get that in anything else. I had a drink with Tom yesterday. No. I had a cup of tea with my anthropoid monkey sent us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, isn't that extraordinary? And then there's other people, you know, like uh, like Kevin, who's at down at St. Kitts, sends us the cigars, and now he's in touch and he's letting us know what's happening, you know, his end of the world. And, yeah, you feel like, you 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 know, you really know these people. I type and say, Kevin, I'm going to try and pop to see you before I get to Chicago. Oh, you swine. I think we're going to, you and I are going to go and do a live, a live um, YouTube from some kids. That's a great idea. Well, you know I'm desperate to get there. I'd love to see it. Kevin's a great guy. He's got loads of things going on. He's interested, uh, interested in being in our next book as well. Maybe the only bit of cricket that we're going to see this year. That's very true. It'll be perfect, because if they do manage to organise it in time for it, yeah, we can get over there and finally catch some cricket. Well, my wife will be absolutely gutted because she doesn't want to come to the Caribbean. <laughs> um, no, it'll be, hor it'll be horrible. I'm going to find it so difficult to put up with, but I'm, I'm persuaded. I'll do my best. I think that would be a great idea. And, but that's the thing, we get these, you know, we get all this contact and then you see, you know, you put a, something out within one day, you know, a thousand something people have looked at it and commented and, as we've said before, vast majority of them say nice things. Occasional person says something not so nice, but there you go, that's, uh, that's what you get. But it's remarkable how, how, how it's taken off. Everyone is, um, is entitled to their own opinion. Of course so, Regardless of, but I know some people think I absolutely mutilate my cigars. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you find that, but you've all got up, you know, this end has been nicely tuned. I mean, you can't see it, but it, you know. <laughs> he looks like the, Spike the Bulldog's been at it. How is Spike the Bulldog? Yeah, I think he's okay. He's a bit fed up. He wants to go for a bloody walk. No, I heard what you said was... What is going on? Like, I didn't sign up to be at home for you, but I think you fell out all day. And I got like, this is my this is my kingdom on my own. Exactly. Yeah. But it's lovely to, I mean, and to be able to interact in that way. And it was great that we managed to rock out as many as we did in time. So at least people have had a good old something to catch up with. And they, what they seem to love most is the thing that I think we love most, and that's where we just sit you know, in a relatively long form, smoke a cigar, but talk about anything that pops into our head. Exactly. And that's, that is the beauty of the whole cigar experience, isn't it? Completely. Completely. So what does um, the future hold for Souter? What are sort of thoughts for moving forward if we ignore what's going on at the moment and we can get back to some sort of even keel? What I don't think you can do is ignore what, what's going on and where this may take us and how it may change. There mm. will be uh, a lot of opportunities out there um, and there will also be some dreadful failures out there from people that don't deserve to fail. True. And, uh, I don't know, Nick. I don't know what the future holds. I'm very, very nervous about 
these furloughed members of staff. Yeah. I, I'm very worried, of, you know, I'm very worried for my kids, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what, you know, my daughter's in business. I, she deals with big companies. She's already had one of them say, oh, that deal we signed and, and did. Yeah. Well, we've had to cut it and, uh, and we're not going to pay it. Really? And that's the same. I mean, I've had work just drop off and you can't blame people. No, no, I, 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 this is something that actually took place in March, uh, before March. Bloody hell, really? I, but, you know, we've now decided, you know, it's a, a campaign. But she's done her work. No, that's not fair. You know, and this is what happens in, in the world. And it's easy to drop the little people, isn't it? We're doing it for the, the, for the right reason and for the protection of, of reasons. But, you know, the, the world is a, a juncture that is, uh, that is very worrying. And, and what, what happens from it is... Uh, and what comes out the other end is... is, is Worrying. Yeah. You know, where, where will we be at the end of it? Is it six, three weeks? Is it six weeks? Is it three months? Which is what I think it is. Well, and you'd be paying for that for a lifetime, wouldn't you, in terms of getting the money back? You know, what, what are people's conditioning like after three months? Right. You know, do they really want to, do they really want to go back to the life that they had? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have no answers and don't know. All I know is that uh, it's going to be different. Definitely. And so the best thing be, be, be ready to just sort of deal with that and move forward and try and stay positive. Thank you for ending on this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just so sad I live on the ground floor, otherwise I'd have jumped, but, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not Brighton, though. What, give, us, give us your um, cigar rundown for the rest of the day. Um, I'm going to do a flying pig next. Nice. So that's where I go from here, and then I'm going to play it by air. And then you're just going to, you know, be a little devil may care and see what comes along, are you? Well, I'm waiting for a nice delivery from, from Hunter and Franklin. What a pleasure that will be. When it comes to my house, I will drive to the shop, I will wrap it in brown paper and I will post it to far and wide so that my clients can enjoy their cigars. And just remember the most important thing uh, is in this time of, of, of trouble, uh, a good cigar can actually take away a lot of that time. Yeah. Now, I suppose you mind slightly slower now. Yeah, you've got to make them last. And I mean, I've... It's not a question of that. I'm, you know, normally I'm in a, I'm turning around a hundred miles an hour. I'm not turning. Anyway, so let's have this talk properly on air again. I like, I really like it. And, Definitely. Uh, I'm setting up a podcast studio downstairs, so you'll come in and we'll. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a proper one on there, and um, I look forward to the day when we can, I can see your smiling face across the table again. Well, it'll be very soon. It'll be on Good Friday. All right. Because I'm going to see it, maybe not across the table, but it will be across the internet. Absolutely. Get on board, people. Get it. Get your coronas in quick. Go to Sartre's website. They're £10 each. Right? That's my cost. And you can't get them cheaper than that in these shores, I can tell you. Lawrence, thanks for your time.
Look after yourself, my friend. Keep happy. All right. Just remember, good actions. Always a joy, my friend. Take care. Good. Bye. Ciao. That was the dulcet tones of Lawrence Davis, the maestro. Catching up with him on his daily schedule of cigars. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please don't forget, the book of the same name is available. Around the World in 80 Cigars by Nick Hammond, published by Red Door Publishing. You can find it at www.nick-hammond.com and we will ship it to you wherever you are in the world. I hope everyone's well. Stay busy. More podcasts to come. Look after yourselves. Until next time.